And welcome to Meathead Chatter, episode seven, once again with Mr. Brandon Lewis. Hello, everyone. And uh, no Preston today. This is kind of impromptu. Me and uh, Brandon were going to talk some shop on uh, personal training stuff. And I was like, shoot, man, I wanted your advice. I might as well just record it and make, you know, maybe a mini episode out of it here. Yeah. So, Mr. Well, my cat is attacking microphones. I have questions. So, so I'll give you the background. Here's me. I quit my job because it sucked. So I'm going to do personal training now. You are a personal trainer at Fearless Fitness, yes. um, which is kind of more boutique feel, right? Not a commercial gym. Uh, I lift there. A lot of good stuff, good times there. Um, so I was looking at that as potentially an option. Um, and we actually started discussing this because you caught me when I was interviewing at Vasa Fitness, or at least talking shop that first time with, with Brooks over there. And that is definitely like a big box commercial gym setting. Um, so here's kind of my thoughts in, in my overview of the situation. Yep. Pay per session better in a boutique because you can set your own rates like a small gym, right? Um, access to more leads, Vasa, right? Um, You've done a bit of both, so why don't you kind of kind of tell me your your things on it? Yeah, so for you and everyone that's listening, um, my background with training, um, I initially started out at um, a gym called Snap Fitness. Um, that is a commercial gym, fairly small, um, and that was before I was very confident in myself with selling my own services. Um, so I kind of thought along the lines of what you were thinking, like, hey, I don't have clients. If I work there, the gym can give me clients. Um, and I found out that I still had to sell myself even though I was working for Snap. Um, so the downside was basically I was making minimum wage um, every hour that I wasn't training. Right. Yep, that's how it is there too. Um, so struggle with that. Um, once I finally graduated from Purdue, I went to a corporate setting uh, with a company called WellFit, mm-hmm. and they trained Subaru employees. Um, so I was there for about four years. Now that place was great because I didn't have to sell at all. Um, and I just trained employees that were already going were to already the there. Right. So that helped me build up my experience with training people. Cause I saw literally thousands of people over those four years. Um, the downside with that, that I found was now that I know how to train a lot of people and I feel like I'm confident in myself and my abilities, I'm not making nowhere near the amount of money I could make. Based right, on how many people I'm right. training. Like I, some days I would train 50 people Jesus. and I made, you know, I was on salary. So I made the exact same amount as if I trained zero. Gotcha. So, so the, the cool part being you started with the salary that was, you know, a living wage. Right. But then the crappy part being you're definitely capped a hundred percent because you're capped your salary. Exactly. And yeah. then with the uh, boutique setting, like fearless, um, you hundred percent have to sell yourself um, because you can't really get clients without doing that. Right. Um, so, you know, there's pros and cons with all of them. Um, but my experience is, you know, that gym setting, that is probably the the route that most people will go initially when they start getting into personal training. Um, it's something that can work if you're really good at selling yourself and people want to work with you. Um, you can make a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. It is really tough, though. Um, so, you know, have you considered what what was, like, the final decision for you for going with, the commercial side versus the so, boutique side. Honestly, I'm 
I technically start at Vasa tomorrow, so like I accepted the position. But honestly, I man, I'm still torn. Um, I was talking to a potential client today that I got a lead um, through an app that I use here, Thumbtack. I don't know if you're best. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I use Thumbtack and, and got a lead there. It's a it's a husband and wife. They want to train three or four days a week. Um, she works remotely. Her husband is under contract though, so it could be in like two months he has to move. Then Vasa's minimum contract is three months. Okay. So I don't know if there's flexibility in that. I know if I was in a boutique setting, I could be like, Psh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, so that's part of it. Um, so for me, it was like, I know if I get in front of people, like, you know me, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm a pretty good people person. Like, I, I've been in sales for, you know, decades. Like, I know how to sell people, especially when I believe in the product. And when the product's me, it's like, well, yeah, I believe in it because I've, duh, right? right? Like, I know <laughs> what I'm doing. Um, so for me, it, kind of the tipping point was like I get more at-bats. There's, you know, 5,100 members at VASA. They had 40 signups last weekend of new members, and it wasn't. it's not even like it's a busy time of year right now. Um, so that's, that's 40 at-bats. We have at Fearless, I think, like 100 members total. Right. right. Um, so that's kind of a piece of it. But then I was also doing the math today, and it's like, man, to make – what I make for 10 clients at fearless with the cut that fearless takes, I would need 16 clients at, um, Vasa. So that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm just, but then the other thing I was like, Vasa has three trainers. Fearless has 11. <laughs> right. Right. Like, so, I mean, I, for me, there's so many, <clears throat> so many eggs in both baskets but in like completely different areas where it's like i just don't know what the good decision is and and i love fearless and i don't want to like anyone to feel like i'm doing them dirty right because i'm not like i felt like i had the same access to clients there that i do at vasa i would just do that right but right but they don't have five thousand members (laughs) with, with like 40 plus new ones a week like yeah so let me tell you kind of my full thoughts on yeah the commercial side versus the boutique side. Um, so commercial side um, commission is a big deal. So just as Snap Fitness, it may not be for all commercial gyms. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Vasa Fitness does theirs. But Snap Fitness, my first time working there when I was still skeptical of or, you know, that imposter syndrome. Right, um, a little unsure <laughs> that of, I had. of what you had to get to offer. Yeah, so when I was there – the first time they had 50% commission on your sales. Mm. So, you know, I started doing math. I'm like, okay, the top package is um, $999 for 24 sessions. Right. Um, and I'm like, okay, if I can make 50% of that, that's that's pretty good. You know, $500, boom, just like that. Um, you know, I know how the pay scale works as far as, like, your session rates and stuff, but I have no idea if there's, like, a commission thing. Hold on, I'm on text someone <laughs> right now. Keep talking. Right. Um, so that was really nice uh, potential, but I didn't have the skills to sell um, because I had no business background whatsoever. Even Gotcha. Well, you were straight out of college, Straight, right? straight yeah. out of college. Um, we never had any business classes that we had to take from my major. It was just learning about the body and um, getting experience, personal training, but they didn't really teach us how to, um, for lack of a better word, become a personal trainer. Um, right, right. We didn't know how to get clients. We knew how to train people, and we knew the theory behind how to train people, but 
I couldn't sell myself at all. Right, so, right. So you, you met the piece that allows you to make money as a personal trainer. Right. You, you just didn't have yet. Exactly. Um, so that second time with Snap Fitness, when I did have the skills uh, to sell myself, now there wasn't any commission. So the way ah. that they did their pay was I make minimum wage, cleaning the gym, um, trying to sign up new members. You would get like 10 to $15 every new sign up. So you were kind of um, wearing a lot of hats when you were there, though. Yeah, you. Okay. It, I did everything. Answer all the calls, um, and you you just walk the floor and try to talk to people, and that's how you build your clientele. Mm-hmm. And then you would get like three times your um, base pay rate during your training sessions. So right now, minimum wage is seven twenty five. So three times would be like twenty one seventy five. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was like twenty three dollars or something like yeah, that. Something like the that. hour that you train. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is. Um, you will have to train a lot of hours to make that really profitable, which means you will have to have a lot of clients. Right. And you're going to be working all the time. Right. Um, and the biggest downside that I saw was I was able to sign people up for six, $700 packages and very confident asking for that money because I know what I brought to the table. Right, right. But what if someone got hurt, they got sick, they just decide they don't want to work out, and they can take that $600 hit to not show up. Right. I just made Snap Fitness $700. I'm still making minimum wage because I didn't train that person. Because they didn't hours. show up that hour. So even if up. they even if they canceled on you, I, I don't you get only any got, money. Mm, right. Okay. So that part really sucked because I got really good at building clients that wouldn't show up. No. <laughs> and it was also to the point where you cannot. Um, <laughs> my cat is just wreaking havoc here. Just knocking headphones over microphones. I'm going to turn that microphone down. <laughs> you cannot um, turn down clients. That was one of the other uh, cons to mm. a commercial gym. So say, um, you know, you see someone that's like, oh, yeah, like I want to I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle. I'm trying to lose 30 pounds of fat and I need to do that by like summertime. Um, so and, you couldn't be like, and dude, you're like, that's, you're like, that's yeah, not a thing that can happen. There's no way. Well, and then when they don't make that goal, it makes you look bad. Right. But um, you would get a lot of people that they would have the money where they right. can pay that. And then Snap Fitness is like, um what do you mean you don't want to train them? They said they can pay a thousand dollars. You're going to train them. Right. Cause they can pay a thousand dollars. So now I feel like I'm not. Using- and I get that from a running a business standpoint. Oh yeah. For but sure. from a, a personal trainer who basically you're as good as the results you get people. Right. That sucks. Right. Yeah. So, Oh my God. This cat. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to feel like I'm not in control of my life. Right. I don't want someone to tell me I have to train someone that I know I can't get the results. I don't enjoy spending time with that person. We don't vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, just I don't feel comfortable being around them for an hour, a couple times a week. Um, so those are mainly the biggest cons to the commercial side. It's freaking cat, man. <laughs> Cat's going crazy. He is so, too friendly. <laughs> so those are probably the biggest cons for me for the commercial side. Um, the pros for me were just getting the reps of getting rejected, trying to sell my right, services. Right. Um, you know, the first time you're nervous, you're coming up like, Hey, like, can I help you with this? And then people are like, no, 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 I don't need any help. And it's like, you, how do you overcome that? Or right. like, just get used to talking to different types of people and let them know that you know what you're doing, but don't seem like, Hey, look at me. Yeah. I'm bigger and stronger than you. Yeah, it's a weird balance. Right. So I got really good at, not doing that and having people see me as I authentically want to help them. Um, it does require money, 
but I am truly trying to help you. I don't just want to take your money and then right. I just sit down and don't even do anything with you. You're like, hey, if it would take you a year to do this by yourself and I can get you there in six months, would that be worth money to you? Right. Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, the biggest con for, I mean, the biggest pro for the commercial side is just the reps. Yep. You, 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 more at-bats. More at-bats, as you said. Um, the quality of the at-bats are probably not the best. Um, right. and you don't have full control of it, but you do get a lot of at bats. Um, and my client Teresa, who I'm training for, yep, probably left to meet. That's one of my snap fitness people, and she stuck with me this whole time, transferring out of there. Now you came to Fearless with. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm tr- I'm remembering like you had two clients from Snap that followed you to Fearless. Is that no, right? No. Okay. So my transition out of the commercial side, it was actually a pretty um, funny story. Now. Back then, it was, like, very uh, uh, anxiety-driven. Right. So, um, basically, what happened was Snap Fitness was starting to go downhill, um, and they got into some shady business. Uh, mm. I won't get into the particulars, but um, it was enough for me to not want to work there anymore. And I was waiting for this guy that I knew to open up his own studio gym. Right. And he told me, hey, I want you to be one of my trainers there. You know, you'll have full control of everything you're doing. Um, you have to get your own clients, but you can train out of here. You just give me a fee, similar to what Fearless does. Right. Um, so finally, he gave me the call. They're like, okay, the gym is ready now. It'll be ready for you Monday. This was a Friday. I was at Snap. I came into 51 uh, uh, voicemails of people complaining about stuff and saying, I personally charged them money. I did this. When Snap Fitness did all that. Right. Um, I had nothing to do with it. I just work here. <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, people cursing out the voicemail. I'm like, and they they say, you know, you have to respond to all these voicemails by this time, and I need you to sign up this many members today. Wow. So, so you, it, it was weird. So it seems like you were in like a, a membership drive position and a personal training position, and it, like actually working the hours and like the personal training sales position. Yep. Personal training sales, membership sales. Um, and it's like I get personal training sales and personal training hours because, like, who's going to sell your personal training better than you? Like, right. you know what it is. But right. membership sales seems to be, like, a weird extra thing to throw at you. Yeah, client retention, um, cold calling every single gym member to see if they're interested in training, which I hate calling people on the phone. Right. <laughs> to say, hey, do you want personal training? And they haven't been there in two years, and I can see they haven't been there. Right. But I still have to call, and the manager makes sure I calls, that I do the calls. Um cleaning the gym, but it just came to a point where I'm like, I think I need to quit like today. So I'm like, yeah, I have two clients, Teresa. And then I had just signed out uh, one of my guys, Kevin. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work, but I I can't do this anymore. Right. I'm willing to be homeless before I work here. It it was that bad. Really? Um, So I told my manager, like, Hey, I'm done. And she was like, what do you mean you're done? I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not working here anymore. <laughs> she was like, uh, well, you can't do that. I need you to put in two weeks. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm done now. She was like, okay, can, I need you to stay to the end of the day. I was like, you're not listening. <laughs> I'm going to lock the door, and I'm leaving right now. So she was friends with me. Right. Um, she was like, as your manager, I really hate this decision. As your friend, I need you to take me with you. <laughs> I want to get out wow. of here, too. Yeah. So, I literally just locked the door, drove off, and I'm like, okay, big adrenaline rush. 
I'm like, yeah. okay, I got $600 I just You're made like, oh, from crap. these two clients, <laughs> um, which is really low. And I'm like, this is all the money I have for the month. What am I going to do now? Um, so that was my transition into the. Um, oh my God, cat. Into the. Uh, studio like boutique right um and that's the last time i worked that was an abrupt transition transition that was the last time i worked for anyone but myself so then when you went to the boutique from the snap right did you have clients that came with you were you starting from nothing i had uh teresa that came Mm -hmm. with me from snap and then i had my client kevin who i just signed up maybe like the week before yeah um from then i went into um thumbtack um Use my social media to try to promote as much as possible. Facebook, hitting everybody up like, hey, like, you know, people from Subaru that I trained. I'm like, right. are you interested in training? And people started to respond like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Um, like, how much does it cost? And I had, like, no business plan whatsoever. Right. You're like, well, how I'm much like, can you afford? Yeah, I'm like, but uh, like, what seems like a lot, but not enough to make you say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So playing that game, I drastically undersold um, mm-hmm. based on what I know I could. So I'm like, oh, like, you know, you could do like 12 sessions for like $300, which is like a little over 20 bucks a session. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> which dude. Which is re- really low. But I got people in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them dropped off because they weren't high quality clients. Because well, and because they were looking at that budget. So when you kind of priced more to where what what you would deserve or what was comparable to like other places around here, it was just too rich for their blood. Yeah. So it, they're like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Or can I pay like per session? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pay per session. So you would get people that just they're not really all in. Well, if they don't show up, they ain't paying you. Exactly. And you're not even making that minimum wage anymore. Exactly. So it was a definitely a big struggle there, um, which that helped me, I think, in a long run because I had to really get tight on a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped me know how to grocery shop for very little money because I had very little money. Right. Um, so now that I'm in a better spot, I know how to guide people into eating healthy and doing things like that and having not cost a lot of money. Um, but it, it helped me be on top of everything, and I had to really get a crash course in business within like two months, right? Or, or I wouldn't have made it, right? Um, but yeah, went to that gym, built up clientele. I actually got up to fourteen clients from two. Where at? Um, Is that, it was at, at that boutique that you went to. At, at, okay, yeah, at the boutique I went to. Are they still um, around? Or are they? they are still around oh, nice. now. Um, cool. It's called Castaneda Fitness. Okay. Um, I mean, I wasn't looking to go there yeah, or anything, yeah. but I mean, if I'm going boutique, I'm, I'm of course going fearless. That's, right. That's my people. Right. Know? Um, great place. I loved it there. I had full control. That was the first time I was in charge of everything. And it, like I said, it just forced me to figure it out Mm -hmm. and it was exciting. Um, so as I'm doing better and better, all of a sudden March, 2020 hits COVID. Right. And, and I want to touch on this cause that actually is probably an even better reason to be in a boutique spot because they can get away with like kind of being open still yeah so we we were open at the other place um a little bit longer than every other gym so Mm -hmm. that helped um and so were you you weren't at fearless back then no okay i just i in my head you've just been there much longer than you have i guess nope um so i was yeah i was at the um castaneda fitness place and um i was able to still personal train and then finally he was like hey like you know they're gonna start finding people we got to shut down for real. Um, so now I was like, well, I'm screwed. Um, so I got another crash course in business of um, garage gyms. 
<laughs> it, you, make sure you save as much money right. as possible <laughs> working for yourself. Luckily, I, I had gotten a big um, um, personal training package sold right before we had to shut down. Right. So I had six weeks of no income at all. Um, and, but tra- them trying to get the, the pandemic assistance together for right. small businesses. Right. Um, you know, I don't have employees, so I couldn't get like whatever the bigger loan was, PPP right. stuff. Um, so that really helped me just solidify, like, I still want to be working for myself at a boutique gym. Right. I, I, I could have went back to a commercial gym and something I was more like safe and at least I can make minimum wage. And that's kind of where in. I'm at too. I'm like, man, it's kind of like the safety of like a sure thing versus the potential of the not sure thing. Right. Right. And there's nothing to say, like, I couldn't be at Vasa for, like, two or three years and then kind of switch over and, you know, steal a bunch of clients, which is, is what it is. But yeah, um, but in that same three-year time frame, if you just go boutique style, you probably would have made more and not needed as many clients. Yeah, it's, it's really up to, I think, how much of a risk taker each person is or how much they I have take to lose. too much risk all the time, which is why I was trying to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, for me, I was at the point where I was playing a safe for quite some time. And I realized like, in theory, I could play a safe for the rest of my life. And then mm-hmm. I didn't live up to the full potential I could have had with this because I, I really do think I'm one of the best personal trainers in this area. Right. And I, I can't do that under someone else's supervision. It has to be me doing it my way to get them the results. I know I can get them you know, to achieve. Right. Um, so yeah, then once, uh, things started to open up after COVID, um, that's when I reached out to fearless because I knew that they were, um, a boutique gym. So why did you not go back to the other place? Um, he's, he, I mean, I don't mean to be throwing darts or anything. I'm just just curious. Yeah, Yeah. No, no, it's not throwing darts at all. Um, he said that the gym was like closed permanently. Like he took away the insurance on the place and like, Oh wow. Like he he was done. He was gonna sell all his equipment. Um, he was losing a lot of money every month trying to stay right, open trying to keep the building while he can't make money. Um, so I was like, I, I get it. Like that yeah. sucks. Well, and there's sucks for me. there is a ton of small businesses that did that too. So yeah, yeah. So luckily now he actually worked out a great deal where he can still be at that place on a month to month membership uh, like plan. Right. Um. So he's doing fine. Um, but he was like, I'm not having any personal training here. It's just going to be a membership gym only. Okay. Um, so that's why I didn't go back. That makes sense. Um, so then I was at that point like, oh man, what am I going to do? Right. Um, in the past, um, I had been referred to fearless fitness probably 2019, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. So like when Um, they first uh, was, was, that was when they first got into that location. Right. right? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was like, well, I don't need to go there because I, I'm already training at a gym. So right. I thought about it like, oh, I do remember that one place, Fearless Fitness. Let me hit them up. So I met with Kelly, met with Kendra. Um, you know, they liked me. And it was like, hey, yeah, we want more guys in the gym. We only have a couple guys here. You were one of them. Um, and it was like, we don't have any male trainers. Right. So, yeah, we would love to take now you Now they on. got what you and Eric are. Is there another male trainer there? No, is that just, just me and Eric. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, we'll love, love to have you on. So luckily all my clients that were at the other place, they was like, yeah, I want to keep this going. So they all transferred over with me to Fearless. So I came out right out the gate with nine clients. Okay, yeah, that's cool. But it's not like 
those nine clients came from your time at a commercial gym. Right. Those, you oh. already, you, two clients from commercial gym to boutique gym and then built your clientele to 14, being able to keep and charge, keep more of the money and, and charge more money than you could have at the commercial gym. Exactly. Yeah. So playing around with the pricing, that's way easier to do when you work for yourself at a boutique gym versus mm-hmm. at a gym. The gym is going to charge what they want to charge because uh, whatever data and, they and use. Which means they can only afford to pay you what they can afford to pay you. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, played around my prices. Some people didn't like it. They dropped off. I see it as they weren't as committed anyway. Right. And that's, you know, let me not waste your time or your money um, if you don't want to pay this. And that's fine. Right. Yeah. Um, the more money you pay, the more skin you got in the game, the more likely you are to, like, handle it. Right. You know? Right. And you're going to get results, which is going to get me more money. So I want people that are committed because mm-hmm. that helps me and also helps you because you're going to get results. Um, but the booty gym, I love it way more than every other setting. Um, it's, it's really not even close. Just the amount of control that you have to do what you want to do when you want right. to do it. The ability to say no is the biggest pro. Right. Saying no is wonderful. I don't want to train you. Well, and I've been I doing, don't want to work today. So I did I did personal training or not personal training, but in person training um, and some private training when I coached gymnastics um, for a number like almost a decade. And then when I had the CrossFit gym that I owned, we did group fitness of course, but we'd also had like some private lesson stuff going going on as well but that was back in i don't know 2013 so i've just been doing like online since then and oh my god firing people because they suck and you don't want to work with them anymore is awesome it's the best <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's funny too because i feel like whenever you have that conversation with one of them you're like dude look we're just on different pages i just i want you to do xyz and you're just not doing it so i'd rather not waste my time and and your money Right. And then they either get pissed and leave or whatever, or they go, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. And then they become a good client. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the clients knowing that you're choosing to work with them yeah. just as much as they're, they're applying, choosing to work with they're you. They're applying to work with you. Exactly. And you're applying to work with them. Exactly. Like it's mutual. Yeah. I, I think that helps me stay on track with going all out for them because I know that they can just leave if they want mm-hmm. and there's no contract binding. Um, like it would be at a commercial gym. Right. And they know that I can just be like, hey, we're done. Here's your money back. I'll see you later. Yeah. If I don't, if you're not putting in the, the effort. And it keeps a nice balance that I feel like that's what's going to help me get the most people results. Um, and that really can't happen at a commercial gym because they know you're, you're, you're a, cog, a cog in the wheel. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, those, those are kind of my pros and cons of mm. of both. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's super helpful. That's good information. I mean, it, it's kind of veering toward what I assumed was going to be the case, but definitely like a little more depth in there too than what I was what I was thinking of. So, I think one of the big things that you will have an advantage over pretty much everyone in this area that that will go to a commercial gym is um, you have like certified like powerlifting and strongman like yeah i've competed and done some stuff yeah pretty cool. yeah and yeah. we're versus other people are going to be how i was in a commercial gym like fresh out of college or maybe even don't even have a degree in it they just did a thing online right right over got the, their over certification the weekend and, and 
probably never even trained anyone. Which it's funny the certification I so they they want you to have a primary CPT certification, and the one I had wasn't one of the ones they they accepted. So I, I I was the guy that just took a thing over the weekend to get the right one. Right, right. <laughs> but so, I mean, so, if you've passed stuff like that before, it's God, it's like the it's same so information. Yeah. Um. But then like the they have like secondary ones, and I have like a, a NASM. Uh, sports performance nutrition thing uh-huh. uh, and that's good but it's a secondary one it's not like the primary one so right. I had to I had to change my primary one to get qualified to be there so yeah but what I was getting as if they go into a commercial gym and they see you there right that's something that they can't get at any other gym right there's not going to be anyone that's that's built like you with your strength right. and your knowledge at any other commercial gym so that's something that could could be a favor pretty good trying blessing to get those there. reps. Yeah. Um, you're going to get a lot of people. For the most part, the people that do personal trainings in the gyms, commercial gyms, are um, middle-aged women um, and overweight guys. Right. Everyone else, they, they either don't value personal training or they think they're in too good a shape for personal training. Right. So when they see you, a guy that's been working out for five years, he's – Benching 315, squatting 400, deadlifting five, he's going to see you as someone that can get him to the next level. He's right. not going to see the guy. Whereas that, he's not going to see that. That, that from is the other 5'8, 170 pounds. He's, gonna, he's not going to think that guy can help him at all. Right. He might be able to. Um, right, right. Knowledge but, is knowledge. But, but that first impression is not going to be good enough to say, hey, let me give this guy $1,000. Right. He's going to look at you and say, I know he's stronger than me. He can look you up. Okay, he's winning competitions. Right. He can help. So that's something that could work a lot in your favor, in your favor. because you can have potentially thousands of people that right. go through that thought process of seeing you there because you you definitely stand out right in right. a see a commercial personal <laughs> I went, trainer. I went to I went to church this morning, which I haven't gone to church in a while, so that was, that was kind of cool. I went to church and I was like, like in gyms with people who lift, like like yeah, I'm typically one of the bigger guys like i'm i'm not small i'm like almost 300 pounds i'm like right at six foot so i'm like not i'm pretty noticeable but oh my god in like general population areas i I swear to god every single person there was staring at me when i was walking in because it's it's a new guy they don't know and like i'm a noticeable dude i guess but right right (laughs) right but yeah that's that's something that i think it could help you and um my biggest advice for any other people getting into personal training or that personal train is make sure you're getting those testimonials, uh, whether they're big or small. Right. Um, so at the commercial gym, if FASA has their own process, then, you know, do that. But make sure you're getting your own the way you will want to do a testimonial because that's something that helped me be able to transition quicker is I had, right. you had environmental proof. Yeah, I had experience yeah. from my first time I snapped. I had experience from my four years at, in a corporate setting of training literally thousands of people. Right. Um, so I had a lot of testimonies built up to show people like, hey, boom, I know what I'm doing. Boom, I know what I'm doing. Right. Check me out. And that helped a whole lot. Well, Brandon, you're supposed to go, no, no, Dan, do this one. You're not supposed to like tell me good things about both. But that leaves me right where I started, man. <laughs> all right cool um let's do a little bit of ad read here um be sure to follow us if you like this episode and others like it uh at meathead chatter um you can find us anywhere you can find podcasts on instagram we're at meathead chatter chatter not chatter um at strongman underscore dan on instagram as well and brandon is at b lewis fitness on all the things um 
cool man anything else you want to shout out or yeah so if anybody listening to this is a skinny guy that has limited training experience so meaning like less than two years experience in the gym uh consistent training experience in the gym um i have a program called the skinny no more program so what you're going to get with this is a three-month workout program um this is strictly an online course so you buy it and you get all the materials sent to you um it is 70 plus workout videos you're going to get mobility stuff how to warm up how to stretch you're going to get all your nutritional needs so you're going to know how to eat based on the certain amount of calories that you need to eat um, to put on size um i have all the details laid out for you so you know exactly what to follow along those three months um if that is something that interests you go to blewisfitness.com um you can read all about the skinny no more program um and i also have a free handout for you um that's going to help you with your meal preps and how to do that quicker and how to keep it cheap i looked up your we were i clicked on your link tree on your instagram before this so i was, I was looking at that there's some pretty cool pretty cool like little free uh, bundle things on there too so. yeah yeah nice. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for um, stopping by. I really appreciate you coming over on short notice and uh, recording a little little quickie uh, impromptu podcast. Um, again, if you guys like this, you can follow us where you follow us. And then if you want to be a supporting member of the podcast, you can find us on patreon.com slash meathead chatter. Um, there's a $5 plan, which is just you give us money and thank you. Um, then there's two different $30 plans. Each of them will give you uh, template programming, one's for powerlifting and just kind of general strength building, um, and one is specifically for strongman. So check that out and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.